can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. everybody and welcome to testing thursdays with wayne over hope everybody had a had a great week we finally got some rain here in the maryland area so my grass is now back to being green thank goodness instead of it being brown not good so what are we going to talk about today well kind of an interesting thing um i was asked to be a guest on another podcast uh specifically surface finishers uh the guys who um talk about uh, uh, plastering and, and, and work with water balance and, and um, the National Plasters Council and groups like that and had a really good um, uh, experience with them last week. Um, a good 40 minutes about water balance and the importance and, and things like that. So it got me to thinking that maybe this is a topic that I should really talk about with, with you all uh, and and go over some things that I know that I've already talked about in the past. But um, I think it's, it's important, especially now, uh, to emphasize um, um, certain topics, certain specifics that will make your life easier, which is what we all want. You know, not, not bad, but we want it to be easier. So what we're going to talk about is... Um, a little bit about water balance, number one, why it's important, and then a little bit about plaster and, and newly replastered and new new builds and things like that. Um, it, an area that I'm not necessarily the expert in. I know enough to be dangerous, uh, but I know enough to know enough. But maybe that's a new phrase I can come but I know enough to know enough. Uh, what, what's the other one that I like? Uh, I drink and I know things, yeah. Well, anyhow... Um, so when I've talked about water balance in the past and, and, and I've emphasized the importance of water balance, uh, one of the key factors, one of the, one of the five key factors in water balance is, of course, calcium hardness. And uh, we all know, uh, we should all know, that the ideal range of calcium hardness should be somewhere between 200 and 400 parts per million for pool water and 150 to 250 parts per million for hot water environments, spas, hot tubs, things like that. That's pretty much been, you know, tattooed and ingrained in our brains. Um, and, of course, hardness will um, depend on your incoming calcium hardness, which will vary dramatically from area to area, from geography to geography. Um, again, as examples, uh, here, here I am, about 35-ish miles northeast of Baltimore, across uh, the uh, street from a tributary that goes into the bay. And my calcium hardness, Baltimore City water, is about 50 to 60 parts per million out of the tap on an average any given day. 
Um, some areas of the country are completely different. Central Florida, you're looking at 300 to 400 out of the tap. Phoenix, Arizona, 1,500 to 2,000 out of the ground. Uh, LA, uh, you're looking 800 plus. It, so it's going to vary all over. So not only is knowing what your calcium harness is important, but uh, testing your incoming source water too to, to find out what your starting point is or isn't. So calcium harness, very important. Um, in addition to, to that water balance wise, remember that I've, I've said, and you've probably heard this before from others, that is that water will balance itself despite your best attempts, uh, despite how good you are or aren't. So it's going to try to do the job for you in a sense. So what does that mean in English? Well, what that means is that uh, you fill up a, 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 a your standard gunite, you know, your plaster uh, surface pool. And if the calcium hardness level of the water is too low, the water will seek out calcium carbonate from any source it possibly can find. And where do we find calcium carbonate? Hello, plaster. Hello, grout. Uh, even some pool paints used to uh, have a little bit of calcium in them. I don't think they do now, but they did back, back when I first started. And so what does that mean? Well, the water is going to pull all that calcium out from those surfaces and try to balance itself. The water will try to balance itself in, the, in that process. So where, where does that leave the pool surface? Well, that leaves the pool surface in a crappy situation. Um, paint will chip, plaster will chip off, grout will pit, um, cloudy water. It just, it, it's, it's gonna hurt the, the, the actual vessel itself, the pool vessel itself. Um, and and it, it happens. Um, I've told you the story, and I'll give you the abridged version again. That those of you who haven't heard it, but in Maryland, if you have a, a, a commercial pool, a public, semi-public, whatever, um, you have to have a CPO of record for that pool. Now, that doesn't mean the CPO has to be there all the time. Just as that that's the person they call to for problems. I was the CPO of record for our community pool, which unfortunately no longer exists, but. Um, they, for early, very early preseason, they asked me, uh, when we're going to uh, repaint the pool good because it needs it. And, um, um, I just kind of wanted to let you know. And I said, that's great. Just remember we have low calcium harness in our water. As you fill it up, always check the calcium harness reading. Always keep it around 200 to 400 parts per million as the water is filling the pool. Okay, okay, Mr. Wayne, got it. No problem. So I go away on vacation, come back. I get a call. Almost immediately as I'm opening the door, um, come to the pool, and what I see is that all the paint has chipped off. Uh, everything's pitted. The grout's gone uh, below the water line. You know, again, the water decided to mouse itself because the people at the pool forgot or did not listen to what Mr. Wayne said and did not monitor and adjust the calcium harness reading as the pool was filling up. So that, that $8,000 mistake was, yeah, that hit them pretty hard. Probably one of the reasons why they don't exist anymore, but I digress. Um, so, and that's the key here. Too many pool startups um, that, that I've heard of over the years uh, where the, the pool, you know, your, your standard in-ground, gunite, you know, concrete pool, whatever, 
Um, and and the, the contractor, the pool builder, uh, doesn't inform or doesn't know to inform the owner um, of the importance of water balance and, you know, monitoring calcium hardness and not just calcium hardness, but of course, you know, pH and alkalinity and, and all the other things involved. But in this case, particularly with, with new, there is a curing process for this, that the water has to um, um, basically hydrate the, the, the plaster. Um, in other words, get it acclimated to the water that's in the pool itself so that things like pitting and, and chipping off and, and other issues don't happen. Well, you know, a, a lot of pool contractors, you know, dig the hole, fill it with water. That's it. That's all they care about. Or they don't know that they need to care about anything else. Maybe that's a better way to phrase it. And they'll just let the pool owner, you know, oh, don't worry when water fills up, you know, take a sample of water to your local retailer and does a test and listen to them. No, that's, although that is a step at some point, that's not the first step. You need to monitor that calcium harness level as, as the water is filling, or else you're going to get these kind of problems that I know that some of, most of you all probably at some point have, have had to deal with, have had to encounter with, have heard stories about, whatever. So those are the situations in which you need to, um, um, monitor your calcium harness reading as the water fills. What about the reverse, though? You know, hardly anybody ever talks about that. But what if, what if you live in those areas where um, the calcium harness level is high to begin with? You know, what do you do? So, you know, let's flap our wings and go to Phoenix, Arizona. Like I said before, depending on what area around Phoenix, you know, Mesa, Scottsdale, Sun City, things like that. Yeah, on an average... Um, out of the ground, water is at about 1,500 parts per million calcium hardness. That's a lot of calcium hardness. That's up, excuse me, obviously way too much calcium hardness. So, so what do you do? Well, you, you work with what you got, and that's why water balance is so critical. Now, some people, those people who can afford it, will run their fill water through some kind of a, of a softener system. Um, it's, it's, it's expensive to do that, time-consuming, but it will get the job done. It just takes a while to, to get it done. Or they might truck in water from another area that has a, you know, a good calcium hardness level and use that water. Again, really expensive. Um, I know that here in my area, in the Mid-Atlantic area, a, a, a truck full of, of water uh, from the city costs about $500. But, you know, it's got low calcium hardness to begin with. However, what about um, in, in Phoenix? You know, or the, that I know I'm targeting Phoenix, and I'm sorry, people who live in Phoenix, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, you, you know, what do you do? If you truck in water, it's going to be a lot more money than $400 or $500. You know, you're talking thousands. And it's you know costs several thousand to build a pool, and then several thousand to to fill it up with water that's not going to destroy anything. So so what happens if you just fill up the you know this, this new pool um, that has not yet you know, nothing been nothing's been hydrated yet? Uh, they just fill it straight up with this high calcium harness. What's going to happen? Well, the obvious you're going to get scaling, big time scaling, streaking. Um, 
it, it just looks awful. And if you if you touch it with your feet, if you get in the water, you can cut up your feet because some of those edges are really, really sharp. So, you know, running it through um, um, a portable softener system of some kind uh, is, is, a, is a solution. It's an expensive solution, but it's still a solution. Another option is to play with water balance. If you keep a high, if, if you look at the, the, the saturation index, okay, the, the LSI, and let's say you have a, a calcium hardness reading of 1,000 parts per million, where would you keep your alkalinity and your, um, uh, your, your pH uh, based on the temperature of the water? What, what would be good numbers? Well, let's, let's use a good old Taylor watergram that, gee, surprise, I just happen to have. And if we set, um, let's see, let, let's give ourselves a really good pH of, of 7.5. You know, 7.4 to 7.6 is ideal. So we're going to hit 7.5. And let's say the water temperature's a little bit on the warm side. Let's say it's about, oh, 85-ish degrees, okay? So what does that mean, okay? Well, what that means is, is that, unfortunately, if your calcium harness reading is the 1,000, in order to be perfectly in balance, okay, you need to have an alkalinity reading of about 23 to 25 parts per million which we know is horribly, it, it's not going to happen, okay? Because um, low alkalinity can cause, um, can contribute to corrosion and you know, all the other um, bad things that can happen with the low alkalinity. So let's adjust our pH a little, okay? If we move down our pH to 7.2, which is the bottom of acceptable as far as um pH is concerned, and we still have our um, water temperature at about 85 degrees, at a thousand parts per million, you're now looking at, for, for perfectly balanced water, you're now looking at an alkalinity, of, a carbonate alkalinity of about 50 parts per million. That's getting better, okay? Getting a whole lot better. Now, if you um, wanted to go as low as, um, say, a, a, a positive 0 0.3 uh, on your LSI. Remember, positive uh, 0 0.5 to negative 0 0.3 is good. If you went down to and tried to keep your, your LSI at around 0 0.3, okay, with your um, LSI, I'm playing around here on the wheel to see what we would get. There we go. And we're talking about 85 degrees. So at a thousand parts per million, it's still looking good. Okay. Still looking good at about, let's see, let me get this back up here. We've got 85 degrees. Okay. That's a little bit better. Okay. That means that at a thousand parts per million calcium harness, if you kept your alkalinity at 90, you'd still be considered in balance. Okay. So what you're doing in essence is that you're, you're playing a numbers game, okay? You're playing, uh, you're playing. Um, you know, am I, am I successfully keeping the water where I need to be? And if so, what are the numbers that I'm shooting for? Okay, so you play with 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 um, with your LSI to figure out what the best way is to do it, uh, as far as what values to keep. 
Um, my usual suggestion suggestion when I would get calls like that uh, at Taylor would be to you know first see if if you can afford to to rent out a, you know, a portable softener to let the water run through it or let it run through your home softener system for a while, which again can be a little bit on the pricey side. Um, to see how low we can get the, cal- uh, the the hardness reading that comes in from the ground. Uh, or can you afford you know, to truck in water? Or can you play around with LSI? Now, be honest with you, there, there are not many homeowners that are willing to play around with LSI or even know what LSI is. So therefore, it's up to a good service technician to know about these possible options and to know which one is best for their customer. A lot of people in, in that particular area, rather than having a, you know, your standard gunite pool, uh, will opt out for, say, a fiberglass shelf or a vinyl liner. Well, just because you don't have you know, a, a gunite plaster surface doesn't mean you can ignore um, your LSI. I mean, it, it's completely different because with with fiberglass shells and with vinyl liners, um, you, you alter your calcium hardness requirement a little bit lower. Remember, water tries to bounce itself, but there's no calcium carbonate for it to seek because it does not exist in fiberglass or in, in um, vinyl. So it, it can be a little bit more on the aggressive side. So you have to be a little bit be a lot more aware of what the situation is and what your hardness readings are uh, in those two particular cases. Uh, I know a lot of people who, rather than deal with all the chemistry and the chemicals and whatnot, just partially drain and refill all the time. I guess that's a way to do it. Um, Frankly, I think that's really expensive, but it's a way to do it. Uh, But again, there, there are options. Um, a lot of times also with with commercial pools, particularly like therapy pools I've seen and things like that, um, uh, uh, that they will rather drain it, clean it out, and then refill it back uh, the next day or day after because you're talking much, much smaller um, uh, number of gallons in the, uh, in, in, in the pool as opposed to, say, a, you know, a, a public commercial pool, obviously. So economically speaking... It's better for them to do that, to drain and refill often. Uh, so you're not letting it get the chance to screw it up <laughs> as it would be if it were in a, in a residential pool or a commercial pool. Um, but, but getting back to, to what, what do we do? What, what does a good service technician, pool service technician do uh, with a customer like this? Well, a lot of education goes a long way. Teaching your customers, you know, what's going on why you're doing what you're doing, just just not doing it, uh, but tell them why you're doing it. And, and I can't emphasize that enough because a well-informed customer is a good customer as far as I'm concerned. And, and telling them, you know, what you're doing, why you're doing it, and what the outcome is tells them, gives them that information. And, and hopefully they'll recognize the fact that, Hey, they, you know, this gal, this guy, they know what they're talking about, and let let's keep him on. Uh, let's 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 have him be my pool person, um, and that's what you want. You want steady customers. You want that steady income coming in. So it's it's important. It's critical that 
you understand that um, the water that's coming in is not going to be perfect. Rarely is. Uh, two, that you have to test your incoming water to see where your starting numbers are. And not just for calcium harness, pH, alkalinity, uh, TDS even, particularly if it's a new customer or it's in an area in which you're not really familiar with and you want to see where your TDS level is. And I could talk about TDS you know, for hours. We'll do that. Maybe we'll do that on a future one. I really bore everybody. But, um, you know, do all the testing. Uh, and I'm not talking about test strips here. I'm talking about a full-blown wet chemistry test, uh, whether you do it on site, whether you take it back to an office or, or a retail shop that has that you're affiliated with that, that does reliable testing, um, uh, that's the important thing. Uh, a, a strip is only give you, going to give you a range. You need, to, you need numbers. You need actual numbers in order to figure out how much of a treatment product you need to add uh, to correct the problem if there is one. And a strip don't necessarily do that unless you have a, uh, some kind of a, a strip reader system that will give you an accurate number, an accurate consistent number. But you want a wet chemistry test that's going to give you a number right from the get-go. You know, why double your work kind of deal. Um, so good, good service people will know what to do in situations like this and will understand and explain to their customers why it's important keep an eye on calcium harness levels and the overall LSI to make sure that the actual surface of the pool or spot um, is, is, is in good shape and is not going to cause problems down the road. Well, that's it for today, ladies and gentlemen. That's all I have. I um, hope everybody has a good week coming up. Um, I plan to. <laughs> if you have any questions, uh, please feel free to send them to Talking Pools at gm excuse me talking pools at gmail.com and they will be forwarded to me and i will go ahead and answer them on some future podcasts so take care everybody have a great one I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 